This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome, this is Mayor Sharon Weston Broom, and you are listening to the We Be Our Podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month, and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Diana Payton, a Women's Advancement Commission member and CEO of the YWCA of Greater Baton Rouge. Thank you, Mayor Broom. It is a pleasure to be here and to serve as part of the commission and to be here today. I'm, um, it's an honor. Uh, today, our guest is Lee Phillips. Lee Phillips is a Sulphur, Louisiana native and first-generation college graduate of LSU's Manship School of Mass Communications. She was a 2013 Teach for America South Louisiana Corps member who taught fifth grade English language arts and social studies in Ascension Parish and at Baton Rouge College Prep Charter School. As a founding team member at Baton Rouge College Prep, Lee completed Relay Graduate School of Education's National Principals Academy Fellowship. Wow. Lee now works um, as the Baton Rouge Youth Coalition's Director of Development and Communication. In this role, she oversees all grant writing and donor management efforts, coordinates internal and external communications, and provides instructional support to BRICS program facilitators. Lee also serves on Mayor President Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission, volunteers as a college mentor at BRIC, and is a member of New Schools for Baton Rouge inaugural Change Makers class. Her passions include her rescue dogs, Pippa and Gertrude, all things LSU, and her side hustle as an <laughs> online English as a second language teacher to students in China. Welcome to our show today, Lee. Fabulous. Thank you. I'm excited and very honored to be here. Lee, I learned a whole lot about you. <laughs> I mean, is there anything you don't do uh, or uh, is there anything you're not involved in? I am so impressed. Well, thank you. I don't sleep or work out very often. Those are two goals. Self-care, self-care, yes. self-care. And, and uh, you know, I have, um, I will tell you, Diana, I am very biased by graduates of graduates who um, from the Manship School of Journalism because I was an adjunct there. And every time I, uh, you uh, certainly um, are a great representative of the LSU Manship School of Mass Communication. And had you been my student, had I still been teaching there, you would have gotten enormous favor in my life. Whenever I see, <laughs> whenever I, whenever I see some of my students, they're you know whatever they need, they got it from me. And so uh, I'm so. But this is I have to ask you this. Um, so tell me about your rescue dogs. I just got a rescue dog. <laughs> I just got a rescue dog. His name is Mordecai. I named him Mordecai. And he's a beautiful German Shepherd. Great addition to my family. My husband at first was, and that's another story. But tell me about your rescue dogs. So Pippa is also a beautiful German Shepherd. Oh! Right. Um, she was found in the woods of Leesville, Louisiana. Wandered up to my sorority sister's parents' house. 
she put Pippa on Snapchat and said, does anybody want this dog? And I said, of course I want this dog. I'll get her on Monday. Um, My second rescue dog, Gertrude, was um, a stray on airline in Gonzales. A young man found her and surrendered her to um, a rescue group. And they said, well, you need to name this dog. He said, I don't don't want to name this dog. They said, name this dog. He said, well, it's the ugliest dog I've ever seen. So I'll give her the ugliest name I can think of and named her Gertrude. (laughs) Well, Gertrude isn't too bad. (laughs) That's not too bad. It fits her personality. So uh, we kept it. Yeah, we're going to have to have some uh, sidebar dog conversations real soon. Maybe have some visits. But uh, tell me a little bit about your journey in addition to what we heard in the uh, uh, introduction. For example, how did you end up at LSU and why are you staying and doing the work in Baton Rouge? Right. So I ended up at LSU because um, it was the perfect distance away from home. Sulphur is two hours away. So I got to move away to college and not see my family every day, but still see them when I wanted to, which was great. I also had to take advantage of in-state tuition and the TOPS program. Mm And I was interested in the Manship School's political communication program. It's one of the only ones in the nation. Um, And some Manship School recruiters had come to my high school my junior year, shared about their political communication program, and I knew it was a perfect fit for me academically. After graduating from LSU, I was considering going to law school, but I had also learned of Teach for America because I was volunteering at Highland Elementary School. And I got my LSAT score back on the same day that I got into Teach for America. And so I had this really big decision to make, which one do you want to do? Um, And to me, going to law school was about me. Going to do Teach for America was about other people and students who who really needed um, someone in their corner. So whenever I applied for Teach for America, you find out that you get in and then you find out where you're going to go. And I had it in my head that I was not accepting my offer unless I was staying here in Baton Rouge. When I first moved to Baton Rouge and went to LSU and met people at LSU and they found out I went to public school, they were like, wait, what? You went to public school and you're here at college? I'm like, well, yeah, doesn't everyone go to public school? And then I found out that for the majority of students from Baton Rouge and New Orleans who were in college, they didn't go to public school. They had to go to private school to have that chance um, at getting a four-year degree. So I just felt this sense of injustice that I grew up two hours away and got an excellent free public school education, and my peers two and three hours down I-10 didn't have that same opportunity. So that's what's really driven me to stay in education, um, specifically here in Baton Rouge. Wow. And so... um what are some lessons um, that you've learned over the years? Once again, I, I said to our uh, one of our prior guests, you're you're real young, and and so, well, but you. you know, there there are lessons young people can learn too. I'm I'm a I am a believer in this song by India Ari. Okay, if you've heard me say it before indulge me and that is that she has a song that says when young people talk to old people and old people talk to young people it makes us better people when republicans talk to democrats democrats talk to republicans it all makes us better people that's the name of the song so um going back what are some of the lessons that you've learned well the biggest lesson that i thought about when i was preparing to come in today was really related to what you just said um and it was to learn to learn from people in your field who are more experienced than you 
When I first began teaching at Gonzales Primary School my first two years, I would not have made it if not for the more veteran teachers who took me under their wing um, and who showed me the ropes, whether it was how to lesson plan, how to teach students, how to manage behavior. Um, and so that was crucial for me. Some of those all women who I learned from have made me the educator that I am today. Secondly, I learned that you have to ask for that help. At first, I kind of sat around and waited for someone to see that I was drowning and throw me a life raft, but they didn't know. So I had to say like, hey, I'm really struggling with behavior management. This yeah. class is giving me gray hair. Can you please come in and help me wow. think of some solutions? Mm -hmm. So th those are my two things, to lean on more experienced people in your field and, and to let them know that you need the help. So let me, I, 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 I hesitate to put uh, folks into categories because th this, these uh, uh, established categories tend to be pretty fluid. Uh, so I'm going to define you as a young professional. So um, I love what you just said about your lesson learned from more mature uh, teachers. And so what do you think that uh, someone like me as a leader in this city uh, could take away from some of our young professionals as we continue to facilitate and move towards our vision for this city? I think um, it goes back to what you said about the India RE lyrics to not only give young professionals advice, but also listen to them. Um, whenever I was at Gonzales Primary School, I was the youngest person on, on the staff there. So obviously I had a whole lot to learn from other people, but I would like to think that maybe I brought some new and fresh ideas um, to them as well. So to while you should always keep up the, the strong and good leadership habits that you know, but also be open to hearing new ideas. Well, that's good. And I, I like to think that, uh, that I am uh, there. I will tell you that my senior staff is basically made up of young professionals with the exception of uh, maybe three of us. Um, my CAO, a recent hire of an ACAO, and um, myself. I think we're the three most mature people on <laughs> the uh, senior staff. But uh, what are you most proud of? You've done so much. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of being a first-generation college student who is awesome. now helping other first-generation college prospects um, navigate that process. So no one in my family had gone to college and the whole process of applying and applying for financial aid, of transitioning, all of those things was something I had to figure out by the grace of God and Google. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so now with my work at Brick, we do exactly that. We work with high achieving, under-resourced high school students and we guide them through everything that they need to know and be able to do in order to get into a four-year college of their choice with minimal student loan debt and actually graduate and go on to be productive members of society. That is awesome. That is awesome. I tell you, um, it's so refreshing to hear you uh, talk about the decisions that you've made in life and your decisions are directly connected to serving other people. Uh, so I have no doubt that you will be doing and continue to do great things. Um, you've been involved in the Women's Advancement Commission. You've seen and experienced some of our dialogues, some of our initiatives that we have uh, pushed out. So what advice do you have for other young women specifically, other young professional women? My biggest advice is to find your work-life balance, um, set boundaries, and stick to them. That's something that I learned when I very first started teaching. I decided that from the time I left school on Friday until Sunday at noon, I would not 
pick up a lesson plan. I would not look at anything to grade. I would not read a book. Um, And it was hard because there's this pressure, especially with young teachers, especially in Teach for America, to work, 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 work. But I knew if I did that, I couldn't come on Monday morning and be my best self for my students. Um, So rest and refreshment, I believe, is really crucial to bringing your best self to work every day um, and to avoid burnout. And I always tell people who are struggling with that, you can't pour from an empty glass. Kind of like the analogy about putting on your oxygen mask first before you help others. Um, And it will be challenging. You'll, You'll feel like you need to push yourself to break your boundaries. Other people will push you to break your boundaries, but you have to stay true to what you know is best for your mental health. That's good advice for me to adhere to. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful advice. So here we go. Drum roll. Diana. Yeah, I have my little drum going here. <laughs> uh, Lee, thank you so very much. You gave so many nuggets of wisdom and, yeah. and knowledge. Thank you very much. Thank but you. we we have the big question for you that all guests are asked. And that is, if you had a guest visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? So in my intro, I think it mentioned that I am a huge fan of everything LSU. So depending on the season, if it was in the fall, we would spend the day tailgating and then going to an LSU football game. And if it was in the spring, we would do the same thing except for baseball. Okay. I was actually um, a bat girl for the LSU baseball team wow. for three years in wow. college. So Little known fact. Right. That so wasn't that's in your intro. that I am very passionate about um, and would love to share. And then Sunday morning, I would want to take my guests to Willie's for brunch. It's a semi-new restaurant on Corsi. Yeah, it was, I've been it was like, it's wonderful. Right, it's wonderful. They just started doing brunch. Their brunch mm. is out of this world. Um, and so that's where I would take them after a day of tailgating and LSU football or baseball. I'm always looking for uh, good places to have brunch. I'm glad you told me that. I uh, went to, um, I, I, I like to do uh, brunch and I like to, uh, visit different restaurants. I've been to Willie's once, and that was for dinner about two years ago. But I'm I'm gonna go by. Yeah, for they brunch. just started the brunch, and I, you will not regret it. Well, thank you so much. What a great uh, time this uh, day we've had with you, Lee. And we want to thank you for all the work that you've done and continue to do, and for being here with us and being part of our Women's Advancement Commission. You add enormous value. And of course, thank you to our listeners. Tell somebody about the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to the WeBR podcast, and it is an initiative of our Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month, and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.